We'll start speaking tonight, Bez Hashem, <clears throat> about Sukkot. And I want to address an interesting topic. Um, the fact that this year, the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos. And as such, we don't take Lulav and Estrig until the second day of Yantam. Now, there's always, obviously, a Shabbos over the course of Sukkot. And whenever there's a Shabbos over the course of Sukkot, we don't do Lulav and Estrig. The reason being because Chazal were worried that someone won't know exactly how to do Lulav and Estrig, and they're going to go to someone to teach them, and they'll inadvertently transgress Shabbos by carrying the Lulav and Estrig in the street. However, what's unique about this year is that the first day of Sukkot is the only day that we really have a mitzvah min HaTorah to shake Lulav and Estrig. The first day is the day that the Torah really required us to, to shake Lulav and Estrich. The reason why we shake Lulav and Estrich, the remainder of Sukkot, is Midra Banan, because in the Beis HaMikdash there was a mitzvah to shake it seven days. So in the Beis HaMikdash there was a mitzvah to shake it seven days, so we want to make a Zeichel HaMikdash, so we shake it all seven days. But the first day is a real Deraisel, and now because of Shabbos we don't shake the Lulav. And that's unique to this year, like, like we didn't blow shy for the first day of Rosh Hashanah when it was a mitzvah deraisa. So what's quite interesting, though, is that in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when the Beis HaMikdash was still standing, they did shake Lulav on Shabbos. So at that time in history, Lulav was taken on Shabbos, and everywhere, in the, both in the Beis HaMikdash and outside the Beis HaMikdash, in different places, even in Chuslaretz, Lulav was taken, Lulav and Esrik, they did shake it on Shabbos when the first day fell out on Shabbos. Fifth day fell out on Shabbos, they didn't. But if the first day fell out on Shabbos, being that it's a mitzvah der Isa, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, they would shake it. And only after the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed did that change. And then Chazal say, okay, now, even if the first day falls out on Shabbos, you still don't take Lulav and Esrik. So the Gemara says, why is that? Why is it that after the Beis HaMikdash got destroyed, they changed the halacha, and they said, you cannot do this anymore. You can't, um, you can't take Lulav and Esrig anymore on, on Shabbos. So the Gemara answer is, the reason is, is because once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, it became this current situation that we have, that there's a Sveik of the Yaima, where that in Chuslares, we don't know, so to speak. I mean, we do know, but we treat it as if we don't know because there was a time that they didn't know and it might happen again. So we treat the first day as if we don't know for sure that it's Sukkot. That's why we have two days of Sukkot, right? We have first day and the second day because maybe the first day is really the first day of Sukkot. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Arab Sukkot. And maybe the first day of Sukkot is actually Sunday. Right, so that's why we have Sveik and being that just Sveik so we don't shake on Shabbos. We're not going to allow Lulav to be, take precedence over Shabbos if we're not certain that Shabbos is the first day. The Gemara then asks, okay, the Gemara says, fine, but what about an Eretz Yisrael? In Eretz Yisrael, they know, they only keep one day of Yantav, right? So in Eretz Yisrael, we know that which day is Yantav, and we know that Shabbos is the first day, 
So why don't they take Lulav on Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael, even today? Same way when the base of Iktish was around, they used to take Lulav on Shabbos the first day. So in Eretz Yisrael, nothing changed. In Eretz Yisrael, they still know that the first day is Shabbos and there's no Sveka Diyama, they only keep one day. So why would they not have Sheikh Lulav on Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael? To which the Gemara gives a fascinating answer, which is what I want to address today. Gemara says, we didn't want Kalal Yisrael to do something different one place and in another place. We didn't want the Kalal Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael to be shaking Lulav on Shabbos this year, and us in Chutzlaris not to shake Lulav. Rashi's language is, we don't want Kalal Yisrael to turn into Agudas Agudas. We don't want Kalal Yisrael to become separate groups. Now that's a concept we might be familiar with. If we're learning Dafa Shavua, the Gemara had discussed this. This is Lois' guy to do that we don't want Kalal Yisrael to divide up into different groups and each one is doing something different. So therefore they made a blanket rule, a blanket statement that since in Chuslaritz you can't shake Lulav on Shabbos because we're not certain that the first day is Shabbos. So even in Etzishol where they were certain that the first day is Shabbos, they didn't, they said we'll do a carte blanche halacha here and no one shakes Lulav on the first day if it's Shabbos. That's the Gemara concludes. Now, this is a fascinating halacha, and it needs to be understood from a halachic perspective, and, and it's, it's discussed, that really this doesn't, this doesn't really um, work with the typical understanding of this issue of agudas agudas. In other words, the same way that in Eretz Yisrael, they keep one day yantiv and we keep two day yantiv, and we don't say, hey, we should all be doing the same thing. And if we're keeping two days, they should keep two days, because we don't want to make different groups of, of Yisrael doing different things. No. And Eretz Yisrael is a very, very different place than Chutz Laaretz, and they're very, very far apart. And we're not worried about if in Eretz Yisrael they're doing one thing and we're doing something else. That doesn't constitute agudas agudas. That doesn't make a, a situation where it seems to be we're in conflict because we're in two very different places. So why is it then specifically when it came to the Lulav and Estric issue, then they said, no, 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 we can't have people in Eretz Yisrael shaking Lulav and Estric on Shabbos, but people in Chutz Laaretz not shaking Lulav and Estric. That's going to look bad. That's going to be agudas agudas. That's going to be cholesterol dividing up into groups. We can't have that. For some reason, and it doesn't seem to work halachically, but for some reason, from a halachic perspective, they have this inconsistency that specifically regarding lulav, we suddenly became very concerned that we shouldn't have different people doing different things. And that's a very, very interesting question from a halachic perspective, which we're not going to address. But we're going to actually address it from a hashkafic perspective. There's actually another, a bunch of other questions on this Gemara, which maybe in future speeches, maybe on Yantiv, we'll talk about it. But for today, I want to address this. Why is it that Chazal, when specifically when it came to Lulav, they seem to be so concerned that the people in Eretz Yisrael shouldn't be doing something different than the people in Chutz Arts and and they, therefore, they decreed that no one could shake lulav on Shabbos on, uh, when, uh, when, when the first day of Yantav falls out on Shabbos. So here's an interesting thing. Take a look at the Hirotin, right? We're going to say this in Mirza Shem, second day of Sukkot. We're going to say it third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. We're going to say Yihirotin before we shake lulav. If you're a little bit more inclined to say Yihiratzin, there's even a longer Yihiratzin you could say. If you look at a certain Machzairim, they have it. I, I like to say it, it's a Yihiratzin about putting together your Lulav, going to Bishash, but there's a little Yihiratzin that almost everybody says as long as they have time. They say this Yihiratzin is printed in all Sidurim and all Machzairim before Halal, before Natil's Lulav. There's a Yihiratzin you say. What do we say? We say kind of um, real uh, Kabbalah kind of things. We say, first we name each one of the Dalad Minim, 
uh, you know, we say Arve Nachal and Adam Chetz Adbois and Priyetz Hadar. And then we call them Oisios Shimcha Hamiyuchad. We're taking the four Minim, we're taking the four, the four, the four species, right? The Dal Minim, which we named. And then the, the Hiratsan says, they're Oisios Shimcha Hamiyuchad. They represent the letters of Hashem's name. And then we say, what are the, I mean, in other words, what are the letters of Hashem's names? Yud, K, Vav, K. There are four letter name of Hashem. That's the name we're referring to. And the Dalad Minim, the Lul of Esri, Gadas, and Arava, each one corresponds to a different letter of Hashem's name. So we're taking the Dalad Minim, and then in our Yehi Ratzin, before we take the Lulav, we say, echad alechad. we want one to come close to one. One should come close to another. And they should become one in my hands. They should become unified in my hands. Right? Now, like I mentioned in that longer Yehi that is printed in many Machzairim when you assemble the Lulav, it actually tells you which one of the Dalad Minim corresponds to which letter of Hashem's name. There seems to be some difference of opinion over here which letter of the, of the Dalad Minim uh, corresponds to which particular letter of Hashem's name, the Yud, the K, is the, is the Esterg and Lula of the first Yud and the, and the K, or is it the Vav and the K? There's different opinions, but you look in that Yiratsan and the way it sets it up. Regardless, both Yiratsans agree that the Dal and Minim correspond to the Yud K, Vav K, and the Yud K, Vav K is separate, right? We're putting together the Dal Minim, we're putting together the Isis of Hashem's name, we're combining Hashem's name, we're unifying HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. Now, that needs to be understood. Why is putting together Dalad Minim unifying Hashem's name? Why is Hashem's name separate? And why is just taking the simple act of taking Lulav Asrik Hadas, putting it together, you're unifying Hashem's name? Now, we say this every day, so we should have some kind of idea of what it is that we're really saying. So Chazal say, and we're all familiar, that each of the Dalad Minim represents a different part of Klal Yisrael. They represent a different part of the body. The Asrik is the, the heart. The Lulav is the spine, the Adasim are the eyes, the Rav is the mouth, and they also represent different parts of Klal Yisrael. The Esregim represent the Tamid HaChachamim, the people who are proficient in Taira and in Mitzvahs, and they are the, the heart of Klal Yisrael. And then there are people that are proficient in Taira, but they aren't so proficient, proficient in Mitzvahs. Then there are people that are very proficient in Mitzvahs, but they aren't so learned. And then there are people that are neither, neither proficient in Mitzvahs nor learned. However, they do identify themselves as Jews and they are proud of the, themselves as Jews and they, they consider themselves part of the Jewish nation and they protect their Jewish identity. So those are the four fa- factions of Klai Yisrael, which all need to come together, which is represented by the Lulav and the Esri, which is very well known. And Chazal say that we bring together these four factions of Klai Yisrael so that each one should be mechaper on the other one. Each one should cause HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have Rachmanus on the other one. This chusim could become combined. The various merits, the various good deeds, their actions, whatever they have from their parents, from their history, should all come together so that one can be mashlam what the other one doesn't have. Each one should fill for the other one. Now, if you understand the reality of this and you put the two things together in our mind, that each one of the Dalad Minim, the Lul of Esrig, Hadas, and Arava, each one represents one letter of Hashem's name. And we understand that it also represents one faction in Klai Yisrael. So the equation here is very simple. 
That means each faction in Klal Yisrael represents one letter of Hashem's name. Each, when that word, then what that really means is that every Jew, no matter what kind of Jew he is, whether he's a Talmud Chacham and he represents a Yud, whether he's not a Talmud Chacham but he does mitzvahs, he represents a hey. And then the Jew that doesn't do either, doesn't learn and doesn't really keep mitzvahs, he represents a hey or a vav of Hashem's name as well. And uh, the concept behind the representation is, is that every single Jew is a piece of godliness on this world. And if we don't include every, other, every Jew, if, not, if all Jews don't come together as they are, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name is not complete. There's a lack of godliness. There's a pirud in the Ichud Hashem. There's a separation in the, the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which means the recognition, the clarity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's rule in this world, the thing that we're striving for. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. That's what we, we put in our whole Avoid of Yom Kippur to get a, a clarity, right, that we could scream out at the end of the Elo, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. Everything we're aiming for is to create that level of clarity. And that Yichud Hashem can't happen without all factions of Klai Yisrael coming together. And that doesn't mean that the faction of Klai Yisrael that doesn't learn and, and doesn't do mitzvahs will start learning and start doing mitzvahs. That's not what's represented in the Lulav. No, the Arava doesn't have a taste and doesn't have a smell. And as it is, it needs to come together with the Tamid Chachamim, with the Balai Taira, with the Balai Mitzvahs. They all have to come together as they are. And that's the only thing that's going to bring a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name together. That's the only thing that's going to unify Hashem's name. That's the only thing that's going to complete Hashem's name. And this is a very powerful, powerful point. It means that every single Jew, and specifically Jews that are, are Jewish because they identify themselves as Jews, have a unique portion in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name. Jews that are Tamil Chachamim have a different portion in Hashem's name, and it's represented by a different letter. But Hashem's name is four letters, and we have to have all four. We can't have three out of the four. We can't have two out of the four. To have a, a shame Hashem that is, uni- that is one, that is complete, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence can be felt across the whole world, across the whole universe. Everybody, according to what he is, where he is, has to join together. And they have to work together. And they have to inspire each other. And they have to be mezaki each other. This year, as I'm sure was the case for all of us, there, there were different parts of davening with, which struck a chord in my heart, much more than other years. And one line which really touched me powerfully this year is what we say in the Tein Pachtacha, Be'asu kulam aguda achas, we daven that all of Klal Yisrael should become one Aguda Achas, we should become one unit, one unified nation to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, do your will, believe of Shalom, wholeheartedly. This was something which you've already heard from me, it's been tested this year and we've struggled with it. And not only that have we struggled with it between ourselves, but we've struggled with it in leadership as well. It's been so a year of so much, such lack of clarity and, and such difficulty in knowing what's the right thing to do. What is Ritzaincha? If we would only know what Hashem's Ratzin is, we would do it B'lev of Shalom. But that's part of the problem. The lack of unity, the lack of the ability of us all able to come together and, and, and 
try to work together to understand what it is Hashem wants, led to the inability to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu of Shalom. And it's that, it, it, it's of extreme importance, and it's why it's integral that every single faction of Kal Yisrael has to come together, has to work together, in order that we should be able to do Ritzayin Chabulev of Shalom. And it's hard this year. It's hard. It's hard because we lost a lot of those, the usual ways we used to do that. We had ways of relating to everybody around us. We had social events. We had Kiddushim. We saw people. We could give them a hug. We could do things, interact with people in a way where we could give physical, we could connect with them, we could combine with them and include people. And now there are so many ways where we almost have to be very exclusive and not inclusive. We can't allow people to come to shul. We can't allow people to have guests. And it's very troubling and it's hurtful and it's painful. But it's specifically the Dalad Minim that we're taking now that communicate to us that, on the contrary, it's, it's more important than ever to put the, all parts of Klai Israel together. Every person has to come together. We have to be joined because that's the only way we can bring Yichud Hashem. It's the only way we can bring a Kaddish Baruch who's present down to this world. And that means every person has to join together. And it doesn't mean we have to change them in order to join them together. And that's the key point. We need to join together without changing them. Because every person, as they are, represents an integral part of Kaddish Baruch Hu's name. They have their own ice. Every Yid has their own ice of the Shem Havaya, of Yud Kevavke. Every ounce of pirut between ourselves, any lack of unity, chips away at Hashem's Akadosh Baruch Hu's name. Specifically, when it's difficult, is when more than ever Akadosh Baruch Hu is testing us to see if we can come together. My, my daughter just showed me a, a beautiful story, a really, a truly amazing story. The a story is told by David Aaron Newman. He lives in Williamsburg. He's a Holocaust survivor, but as a young boy. So he tells how he was interviewed, and, and he, he tells how he was separated from his family during World War II and as a child. So he was sent to an orphanage in Marseille. And the orphanage had about 40 or 50 children, and some were as young as three or four years old. And many of them knew that their parents had been killed, but others didn't know what happened to them. And he said you'd constantly hear at night children calling out for their parents. And the children were sad, they were scared, and then it became more and more desperate because during the war, food became scarce and children were really suffering. And then he said, in the beginning of the summer of 1941, a man came to the rescue. They didn't even know his name and they didn't find out his name. They just called him Mansur, Mr. in French. And Mansur would arrive with bags of French bread, tuna, sardines, and sometimes he'd have potatoes, and he would stay until every single child had eaten something. And some of the kids were so despondent that they didn't want to eat. And he would put them on his lap. He would sink to them and he would feed them by hand. He made sure everyone was fed. He would sit on the floor with children. He would cajole them with a spoon in his hand. And he was like a father to all of the children. And he knew every child by name, even though they never knew his name. They just called him Mansur. And Mansur came back day after day for several weeks. And, and David Newman testifies that he himself, as a child, would not have survived without him and many other children as well. They owe their lives to his intervention and his care and, and his, his caring. 
that he, he was there for them and, and, and encouraged them and got them food and made them eat. So eventually the war ended and this David Newman was reunited with his family and they went and moved to New York. They moved to Williamsburg. And in 1957, David's uncle suggested that he meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So David agreed and he made an appointment to meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe. They came and David enters the Rebbe's office in 70, 770 in Eastern Parkway. And as soon as he walks in, the Rebbe's face lights up with a smile and he says, ah, this is David Le. This is David Le. And he, he, he almost fainted. He says, well, how does he know my name? I didn't, tell, I, didn't, I didn't meet him yet. And then after a minute, it struck him. This was Mansur. This was the man that he never got his name, who had sat there, who had fed all those children, had come day after day, brought food, and sat with every single child to make sure that he has food to eat and, 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 and that he eats it. And that he gets past the difficulty and the, 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 the t- trying test of the time. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe had recognized him by name immediately before he recognized the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And it's just a, a testimony to the, the lave of Klai Yisrael, the Tamid HaChachamim, the Tzadikim. And in times of difficulty, there's more compassion. There's more effort to reach out, to help everybody. And it's, 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 it's when, when there's such confusion in the world, which creates Chil Hashem, which creates a lack of, of Yud Kevavke, of Yichud Hashem, that's all the more so is that our, our obligation to put those Dal Minim together and to have every single Chelek of Yiddishkeit there to contribute their unique part in Hashem's name. So to come back to the question that we started with, we started with a question, which was that the Gemara said that after the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, although that before the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, they would shake the Lulav on Shabbos, when the first day of Sukkot fell out on Shabbos. But once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, they stopped that. Why did they stop that? Because they said, well, in Chutz Aretz, it's not clear if Shabbos is the first day. It's a Sveik Adiyayma. So since it's not clear if Shabbos is the first day, so don't shake it on Shabbos anymore. But the Gemara asks, well, fine, Chutzlar, it's a Sveik Adiyayma, but in Eretz Yisrael, they keep one day. So they know that Shabbos is the first day. So why shouldn't they shake it like they always used to when the Beis HaMikdash was around? They know it's for sure Shabbos. Why can't they shake Lulav on Shabbos? If you know for sure, apparently you could shake Lulav. So the Gemara answers, well, we don't want to have two groups in Kalei Yisrael. We want to have some people doing this and some people doing that. To which we said, Mepharshim asked, that's not true. I mean, if they're at Yisrael, we're here. We could be doing different things. I mean, they're keeping one day. We're keeping two days. So why can't they shake and us not? So the, as I was saying, the Hashkafic approach that Mepharshim take is that that's true for other things, but not for Dalad Minim. For Dalad Minim, it's of utmost importance that everybody is doing the same thing. The whole point of the Dalad Minim is to create that Ichud in Klai Yisrael so that we could be Miyachar HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. We could bring together the different letters of Hashem's name. So in, in, in Klai in, 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 uh, when it comes to Dalad Minim, we can't have that some of Klai Yisrael is shaking a little of an esrig and the other part of Klai Yisrael feels like second fiddle. They feel like, you know, second-class citizens that they can't shake the lulav while the people in Israel can. And that would cause pure, and it would actually defeat the whole purpose of the shaking of the Dal Minim. And that's why, in, in particular, when it came to Dal Minim, Chazal expanded the concept of Agudas Agudas, and they said, we can't have different groups doing, even if one is in Israel and one is in Chuzlars, because you just can't have that in Dal Minim. Dal Minim has to represent the ultimate achtus of Klai Yisrael. So our need... For unity is greater, and 
all the more so this year. And that's represented in what we're doing when we're shaking Dal Minim, and it's represented in, in how much we're trying to sanctify Akash Baruch Hu's name, and that's how we do it. The way we bring the letters of Akash Baruch Hu's name together, we bring those Dal Minim together, the way is, is by trying to reach out, trying to include everybody, showing more compassion, showing more, making more of an effort to reach out and to help and to be there and to inspire and to demonstrate how every Yid cares about every other Yid. Every Yid wants to include every other Yid wherever they are, however they're holding, in whatever position they are, because every single Yid has a unique portion of Yud Kevavke. Every single Yid, wherever they are, is a part of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name. May we be Zaycha to bring together a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name, to make a true Kiddush Shem Shemaim with our Kiyam Mitzvahs and with our Aftus and with our Ahavas Yisrael, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we say in the rest of the Hiratsin, should be Mashpia, Shefa, Das, Elyon, they should be Mashpia on us, the tremendous bracha and knowledge and clarity, which we need so desperately, to enable us to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash, have a wonderful Yantiv, good Shabbos, and have a good night. Thank you. Thank you, that was excellent. That was great. Welcome.